0: So Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Tulsa Titans. I am really excited to have Aaron Engelke from Calm Waters on the show. Thank you so much for stopping by.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, well, I'm looking forward to this. I think you guys have a great organization from what I've seen, and we're excited to feature it on the show today. We do a lot with private businesses, but you don't always get uh, the really purpose-driven nonprofits on, so it's going to be exciting. But I thought to start, uh, maybe you could just introduce yourself and a little bit about your organization.
1: Yeah, happy to. Well, as you said, my name is Erin Engelke. I uh, am here in Oklahoma City, um, Oklahoma, and uh, serve as executive director or CEO of Calm Waters. And a lot of people aren't familiar with who Calm Waters is, and that's a part of my job is to inform and educate um, more people in this community and in the state about the importance of mental health as it relates to grief and loss. So Calm Waters is Central Oklahoma only grief center. We specifically support teens, well, children, teens and adults who've experienced a loss because of death, divorce, or some other form of traumatic loss. And we do that very Purposefully, like we provide free support groups here at our center, and in partnership with schools um, across the the metro Oklahoma City community, we provide grief counseling services, and then we have a number of other programs that just honestly help provide some hope and healing for individuals and families who've experienced just really really tough stuff.
0: And what got you passionate about this topic? Like, I know you've done a couple different nonprofits in the past. Like, how did you um, you know? Get passionate about this one.
1: Well, yeah, that's a great question. So it's a very personal thing for me. Um, I lost my dad to suicide when I was a little girl, and Mm. quite frankly, I my mom did her the very best that she could to help me navigate that journey. She herself was trying to navigate that grief journey, and we didn't have something like calm waters available to us. Um, And it wasn't until I became an adult that I recognized the. the kind of the weight that that loss had on me as a person. Um, and I am so grateful now that there are places like calm waters that exist across the United States to support families like my mom and little Aaron who, um, didn't have a dad any longer. Um, and then as I got older and got married and began to, uh, grow my own family, I discovered that, um, I had, just a severe case of infertility, um, to, to put it frankly, and I struggled for years and years with infertility and lost four babies to miscarriage, and so grief and loss has definitely been um, a part of my life, and quite frankly, it gives me that fire in my belly to get up every day and come to this beautiful, special place and help other families and couples and young people who just don't know how to do life um, after grief.
0: And, and I'm so curious, in your case, it feels like you've been able to take these very painful moments and turn them into ultimately a positive outcome for the world. Yeah. Um, and so many people are crippled by these painful moments. So having losing a parent to suicide or having a miscarriage or it becomes an excuse for mm-hmm. like, I'm a victim of the world you know, and, and you feel like you haven't fallen prey to that. And maybe that's a self-learned skill, but what advice would you have for people who are going through loss and whether they reach out to you, which would be great if they're in, uh, Oklahoma or, uh, certainly if they wanted to donate, if they're involved, but for people who are going through that, who might be listening nationally to this, what advice would you have?
1: Yeah, I will say that when I was in the middle of my infertility and all of my miscarriages, there was a time where I didn't feel very hopeful um you know i i felt uh, an excessive amount of emotion and feelings um and some days it was a struggle to get out of bed and so when our phone rings here at calm waters and i get uh, to have the conversation with a mom who lost you know her son in a tragic car accident she can't get out of bed i understand that feeling but i also came to realize through my own grief journey how important it is to seek community Oftentimes when we go through grief and loss, we feel like we're the only ones. When in fact, we know that like death is a natural part of life, but often we feel like we're the only ones who've ever felt these things and experienced these kinds of losses. When in fact, there's a whole community of people who get it. And that was where I began to find hope again, was when I began to open up and talk about how I was feeling and be a little more transparent about the struggles that I was facing and created a community for myself, almost like a support group for myself. And I think that that is oftentimes where that hope comes in is this recognition that um, while no one can remove your loss from your life, you can heal from it. And quite honestly, you can help others journey through their own um, grief and loss as well.
0: And it's so interesting how you explain that because it, it, part of it's just learning to talk about it, like when and society make making it less of a stigma. Yeah. It's okay to be bothered. It feels like there's a stigma of like depression or anxiety or and it's like losing your father. It's like how could you not have anxiety? Right. Right. But it feels like our society just makes it like that's a problem if you raise your hand and say, I actually am not okay. Is that a fair read?
1: That is completely and utterly fair. Um, We uh, absolutely see that here. You know, a lot of times people feel like they're weak if they ask for help, um, when in fact, it's actually okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to not seek help um, you know, we are, we are all imperfect humans with a whole lot of emotions going on in our bodies. And particularly for kids, it's often challenging for them to identify what it is that they're feeling. And so it often emerges, comes out in like behavior issues for adults. It can emerge. We try to find ways to cope. And oftentimes those coping mechanisms are not healthy. It could be alcoholism. It could be overeating. It could be any number of things. Um, and You know, I always say that, you know, our our ability to cope is very much spurred on by what's happening in our brains. Right. Our mental health is so critically important and it's harder for people to grasp the understanding of that because we can't really see what's happening in our brains. Whereas if I were to all of a sudden have a heart issue, I could go to the doctor and the doctor would do some kind of exam on me and determine, oh, Erin, hey, your heart is not in a good shape. We need to give you some medication. We need to get you all this help. Well, my heart is just as vital of an organ as my brain. And so why are we not focusing time and attention on one of the most important organs in our body. Our brain keeps us moving, you know, it's what helps us do life. And so we as a society absolutely need to, you know, eliminate that stigma that says that getting help when you're struggling is actually okay. And it should be the norm.
0: And you said something, Really interesting as well, which is that when you have your hand is bleeding, no one's like, oh, my goodness, get over it.
1: Right. Whereas when you
0: say like, oh, you know, I can't get out of bed. People like, well, toughen up. And it's uh, the biting pain people would feel emotionally. It's hard. Um, And I I have a friend that's gone through a lot of PTSD from being in Mm -hmm. Afghanistan. And one of the things that he helped me understand is that each of us has a spectrum of pain that we experience So one of the challenges is that we often say, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I could never imagine dealing with what you've dealt with. And what he said is it's actually all relative. Yeah. It's like you said, if you have a very extreme outlier like you had at a young age or if someone gets divorced or someone loses a baby, like those are just as extreme as some of these things like PTSD to each person. And uh, he explained to me that if you don't talk about it, your body, like you said, just kind of like plows it down in your subconscious. Um, and that's where you see it show up in dreams or in fears or in, because your body hasn't pressed it. So yeah. it's very cool what you guys do now, if, if someone wanted to in the local community, so obviously our show really focuses on, um, Tulsa, then also Oklahoma city, but Oklahoma city is really where you guys are focused. If someone wanted to get involved in volunteering their time and donating money, like how do you normally, uh, have people reach out to you?
1: Yeah, well, a lot of our resources are available on our website, um, it, which is calmwaters.org. We um, have a number of programs, which quite frankly, some of them are virtual, and we have people who participate from all over the world all over the United States, in part because there are a lot of communities that don't have a grief center available to them. So uh, we love that we can be that resource. While we may be, you know, headquartered here in Oklahoma City, that doesn't mean that we don't have the ability to serve you from a virtual standpoint, um, you know, in in another community. I also uh, encourage people to give us a call. Sometimes they just need to hear you know, the voice of someone on another line who understands what's going on, and and to help you know them navigate what they what next steps should look like for them. Um, we do something called consultations for those that may need immediate help. Meaning, we might have a family that calls us and says, "Hey, my my husband um, took his life yesterday, and I don't know how to tell my kids." Like that is an emergency. That is. Horrible for any parent to have to communicate that to a child, but we are here to immediately provide a consultation with one of our therapists and help that family navigate that kind of conversation um, with their children. So first and foremost, visit our website at calmwaters.org, but then give us a call 405-841-4800 if you'd like to, you know, actually hear a voice on the other line.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, uh, last thing I want to ask you as well is do you have. Exam, you must have a couple examples of like patients or clients that have come through the program. And I thought maybe, and feel free to share a few of them. Um, but maybe you could share a few examples of people who came to you and made that first call and how Mm -hmm. their life transformed working with you to just to share that hope of if someone hears this and thinks, Oh my goodness, I just lost a spouse to suicide. What do I do? You might have a story of, that transformation like your own, which is really incredible of what you went Mm -hmm. through to what you've turned it into.
1: I have so many favorite stories. You know, it's (laughs) one of the beautiful things about being executive director is that I get to connect with a lot of the families that we serve and be able to watch them go from a place of hopelessness to a place of like I can do life again. Mm -hmm. Um, And one particular story uh, is uh, this precious mom and son, Amberly and Ethan. And I first met Ethan, he was 10 at the time. Um, We host a camp every summer called Camp Courage, and it's an art therapy camp for children who are grieving. And little Ethan came to our camp and I distinctly remember he was in one of the art um, classes learning how to paint, but he was disengaged. He was sitting in a chair. He would not even look up. His head was almost like buried in his lap and he wouldn't participate in the session. And so I bent down next to him and tried to do my very best to talk to him and get him to open up so that he could participate. And he wouldn't. I went and got one of our therapists and she was able to connect him and move him to a a quiet place. Well, I didn't know anything about Ethan's story. Come to find out, um, his dad similarly sounds like, as your friend, was involved in the Gulf War. And when he returned, he was a sniper in the Gulf War. And When he returned from his duty, he could never overcome just the PTSD and the high anxiety and depression that he faced from that. And on Mother's Day, three years ago, he took his life. And um, Ethan's mom, Amber Lee, found her husband and was wrecked you know, she's thinking, I I don't even know how to move forward at this point. I need to take care of myself, but I need to try to take care of my son. And I don't know how to do that. And a friend in the community had recommended that she call Calm Waters. And so she called and we got her Her and Ethan enrolled in our support groups, our grief support groups, which meet on Monday evenings. And little Ethan at the time said, I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about my dad. At the time, he had not told anybody that his dad had even died. And um, Amberly said, let's give him one time. Let's go one time, Ethan, and let's just see. And if you don't like it, we don't ever have to go back. So here in our center, we have our um, support groups for the children divided out by age. So Ethan was able to be with other kiddos his age. And he came that first night and, you know, expectations were very low. You know, he wasn't so sure he was going to like this. And by the end of that one hour, he bounded down the hallway to his mom and said, I told everyone how dad died and that my daddy is gone. And he said, I want to come back and amazing, amazing transformation. And so they continue to attend our support groups for, I mean, well over a year and we give people the option to, to stay with us as long as they need us. Um, but now that when Ethan comes to our center, he is a bright, vibrant boy whose head is not buried in his lap. He's able to look us in the eye. He talks proudly about his dad. He's actually an advocate for um, veteran suicide prevention. Um, And it's just awesome to see that you know we just had that one little piece of his remarkable story but being able to provide him number one that safe space to be able to feel whatever he needed to feel and to be able to talk about it and then learn healthy coping skills to be able to do life without his dad
0: wow so and you have you know tens of these stories by no, now hundreds of these stories yeah yes. yeah and yeah. That, and that it must be so fulfilling for you to like you said, take your own experience of that and actually take care of someone like an Ethan.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, I just find that I gravitate towards, particularly the kids, because I have three mm-hmm. children of my own. And so I always kind of look at life through the lens of my role as a mom. And so, like, connecting with women like Amberly or, you know, other families that we serve, um, it, it just is. Very meaningful for me, and like I said, gives me more drive and passion to to do absolutely whatever it takes to serve as many people as possible. And I'm really proud to say that um, even throughout the pandemic, which was really difficult on. Literally everyone, you know, our community, families, all of that. Calm Waters has been able to grow and expand and serve even more people. Um, we have really expanded our grief counseling services um, to to the point where we are serving, you know. This year alone, about 500 counseling clients, um, which is a tremendous step up from where we were. When I first came to Calm Waters about four years ago, um, the majority of our programming was focused on our free support groups. And we will always offer those. But we were receiving tons of phone calls a week from families who just needed counseling services. Maybe they weren't ready to attend a support group and Or they were attending a support group and also needed counseling services. And at the time, we just couldn't meet the need. We were seeing maybe three counseling clients a week. Well, right now, we're seeing over 100 counseling clients a week. And it just goes to show that, number one, I think that people are recognizing how much they need help. And they're willing to pick up the phone and call, which is awesome. And number two, that I think that stigma is beginning to get chipped away at you know, people are recognizing that number one, the pandemic was very, very hard. And, um, you know, that in order to be able to do life, you got to get help. And counseling is one of those many, many ways that you can, um, get to a place of, of healing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's, and it really is amazing Euro growth. Cause I think it's, it speaks volumes to what you're doing because it wouldn't be growing if you weren't meeting a need. Um, right. and so many right. nonprofits, it feels like, they're meeting a need that other people are already needing pretty well. And you're really meeting one that isn't being met very well, which right. uh, is a, yeah, is a great testament to you as a leader. Well, thank you very much, Aaron, for coming on the show. We're definitely excited to produce the episode. And, um, as Aaron mentioned, if anyone wants to reach out to her, uh, feel free to look them up, just calmwaters.org. Um, and I don't know if you want to Aaron, just one more time, say the phone number in case someone wants to call.
1: Yeah. Happy to it's four zero five eight four 841
0: Oh, perfect. Well, thank you again for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me.